the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Thursday, November 19th, 2020, 602 Your show here on out. Before I turn to the calls, Charles writes, I agree with you about Dr. Fauci and his appearance on glossy magazine articles. Let's add throwing out pitches at the uh, baseball game as well. He has afforded these glossy exposures, while Trump and his staff are never invited anywhere near such plush pieces. I think it is an extension of the derange of Trump derangement syndrome, I have my own theory of relativity. In the eyes of the media, one's character is determined by his distance from Donald Trump. I've never seen after an election, not after even a one-term president's election like Jimmy Carter's, a um, an, a request for keeping lists of people who supported him, of a Truth and Reconciliation Commission or of what we got yesterday on Twitter, Nuremberg trials, or as we got from a New Jersey congressman, a charge of treason, which is punishable by death. I've never seen anything like that. Then again, I've never seen anything like what I've seen over the last four years in the resistance. Then again, I've never seen anything like I have in the amnesia of the Democratic Party, which to this day still thinks... Stacey Abrams won the gubernatorial election in Georgia or Hillary Clinton continually, along with that one-term president, Jimmy Carter, saying that Donald Trump was an illegitimately elected president because of collusion with Russia. I remind what Byron York said about a week and a half, two weeks ago now. The Democratic Party's reaction to the election of Donald Trump in 2016 was the single longest and most weaponized allegation of voter fraud and election fraud in the history of the United States of America. We have a lot going on today, talking about our education system, talking about public health, talking about the election. Dr. Hal in Prescott, how are you, sir? I'm well, Seth. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Hope you're well. Thank you. I am well. Appreciate it. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, uh, something uh, that um, Mr. Cribb said yeah. uh, really kind of got the, the wheels turning, the little hamster going. And um, he said, uh, education has changed. Yeah. And I think, you know, I just have had more time to think about what he said. I think education has been changed mm-hmm. actively mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you memorize the Gettysburg Address, or if you just read it right now, mm-hmm. you notice uh, just the beauty of the language and the beauty of truth and clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, he says things such as, our forefathers, yep. liberty, right. equality, right. worth dying for, mm-hmm. is implied. The mm-hmm. task is ours. Mm-hmm. The task belongs to us to ensure the government of by and for the people does not perish from the earth. Right. In other words, right. each of us has a responsibility to make sure that our form of government continues. Right. 
And and if this current election fraud is true, and if it succeeds, then government of, by, and for the people has perished from the earth. You no longer have the consent of the governed. That, that's what that's what's so serious about this. Exactly that. Exactly that. The uh, just just consent of the governed that the Declaration of Independence speaks of. Right. That's what we're talking about with election integrity and election fraud. Exactly. Absolutely. You can't trust your fellow American to have a separate opinion and an equal right to the same right you have to make decisions about public policy and and self-government if you don't have integrity in the election system. And and this is why education has been changed, because of the Gettysburg Address in this. Lincoln, who's just, it's it's an incredible 300 words, Mm -hmm. he binds the people who are fighting and dying the Civil War Mm -hmm. to the founders Mm -hmm. and to government of, by, and for the people. Mm -hmm. And reading that speech shows, I think, most people, every, anyone can read that now, and they will see how that binds us in the same way to our time, because at this very moment with this election, the same thing is at risk, mm-hmm. you know, government of, by, and for mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of the uh, Gettysburg Address is its clarity, as opposed to the lack of clarity from, oh, I don't know, say, Dr. Fauci. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, if you, so you compare this, you know, this this smog that we've gotten from the so-called experts about this, where nobody really knows what's going on. It's all a bunch of nonsense and opinion. And you compare that to the Gettysburg Address. You make a great which, point. The clarity that you get from a rail splitter versus the smog you get from highly credentialed experts. Right. And he had read the Bible yep. and Shakespeare. Yep. Yep. And which are two things that aren't really uh, emphasized in our education system anymore. Well, denigrated, and, uh, actually. So, so education has been changed, and it's to remove these concepts and this way of thinking. What is really going on here? What is at risk? Your ability to govern yourselves is what is at risk right now. Right. This is a pivot point in history, and uh, and it's just as it's not as bloody. Fortunately, of the Civil War, but it's just as momentous in terms of self-governance and whether or not it exists on the earth. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's the crux of it, Hal. And you know, this is why I worry about the progressive movement, which wants us to put our trust in unelected or non-elected experts. Um, that evidently know better for us than we know for ourselves. That's the opposite of self-government, isn't it? That's the opposite of government of the people and by the people and for the people. Why even bother having an election if we're just going to turn over everything in our daily lives to self-appointed experts? And that's why in my monologue, it's of no it's, it's, it's of no curiosity to me. I just don't think enough people appreciate it that one of the founders of the progressive movement in this country was Woodrow Wilson, who said about the Declaration of Independence, do not repeat the preface. Make a new table of contents. Make a new statement of the things you mean to set right. Um, we are not bound to the Declaration's signers. You know, that's quite the opposite of what the founders themselves thought of what they were writing 
a truth is either self-evident or it's evident up until 1910. And why Calvin Coolidge, on the anniversary of the Declaration of Independence during his time, said no, no, and he did a reversal of Wilson. He said, when you talk about self-evident truths, that is final. There is a great finality to our Declaration of Independence. And when you read it, as Lincoln did, and as we used to, you get the sense, you get the appreciation that something is true self-evidently by the laws of nature and nature's God. We are now in a world, I call it the Oprahization, um, other people may have different terms for it, where you don't hear about the truth anymore. What do you hear? You hear about my truth. Well, if you have your truth, Hal, and I have my truth, and Jack has his truth, there's no truth. There's no truth. It's just an opinion. And that's what we've done, whether it's the coronavirus or anything else. We have taken opinions and treat them, treated them like truth. And there's a difference between the two, isn't there? Well, it's kind of like the strong do what they will and the weak suffer what they must. Right. And if you program the computers that run the election, then you are the strong. Because your average person, it, it's, it might as well be Greek or the old Latin Bible before it was translated into other languages. Your average person cannot understand how to do that, how it works, how to understand it. And so we have a small number of people in our society, simply because they have the ability to do this, who can manipulate things if they want to. And if they reject the founding and they reject the idea that we are all created equal, and uh, they are, you know, and they have their own truth, which is which must be imposed, and they have the power to do so. Then that's what they're going to do, and this is why education has been changed. Mm -hmm. It's been changed in an insidious way too, Hal. Thank you for your call. We had a caller yesterday. I think it was, wasn't it, Bill? Family of teachers, and the line, the takeaway line was: if they don't come into my class as a Democrat, they'll leave it as a Democrat. That's what they think the purpose of education is. They think the purpose of education is to liberalize the citizenry. And I don't mean in the classic sense. I mean to establish a new set of thinking, a new set point of thinking. Why else, how else does it ever become justifiable to engage in the censorship that we see on our college campuses? Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. If you're interested in Picking up your energy naturally, improving your health naturally, boosting your immunity naturally. You want balance of nature. One daily dose gives you tens of thousands of vital nutrients from what I think is the most effective whole food supplement on the market. By supplement, I mean 100% whole food plants, fruits, and vegetables. Mangoes, papayas, spinach, broccoli, garlic in a special 
cold press process they have that locks all their nutrients into these vegetarian capsules. If you don't like swallowing capsules, they're easy to open to sprinkle in a drink or on other food. I take it every day. Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. So give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Do something good for yourself. Do a lot of things good for yourself with Balance of Nature. Michael's in Scottsdale. Thank you for your patience, Michael. Seth, thank you. You've got the best bumper music on the dial. You know that? <laughs> You're so funny. I took an email this morning from someone who said, what was that terrible song you went out with? It? <laughs> I try, Michael. I try, but thank you. Um, I, and I also wanted to thank you. People have strong opinions great. about music, it turns out, don't they? They do, but yours is wonderful. Yes, and thank you. And I also you. wanted to say thank you for the conversations you've given us this year. It's been so difficult, but I've particularly enjoyed the conversations with the Hallmans. Thank you. They're really special, aren't they? They really are. They're really good. Thank you. I love Lewis. I love Hugh. I love the way the three of you interact. I feel so much smarter on the topic, so I wanted to say thank you. But that's not what I called about, so the call screener is probably upset with me because I jumped off topic. My call screener is the nicest guy in the world. The (laughs) only thing, I have never seen him get upset with anyone, ever, including me. Well, I'll cut to to the chase. Okay. Seth, have we heard anything about the 65,000 rejected Election Day ballots? Do we know why those voters were not permitted to cure their ballots? In uh, do you are you talking? Which state are you talking about, Michael? Oh, sorry. I think it's specific to Maricopa County. It may have been statewide, but I was under the impression that it was it was assumed to be poor training by the volunteers, and they were rejecting ballots instead of hitting a, a button that allowed the voters. Oh, this was the uh, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, like an overvote. Right, 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 right. Um. I might say it wrongly, so forgive me. I knew it was being litigated. I know it was filed a little over a week ago, and I think it was dismissed, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was dismissed, um, that case. Uh, If I'm wrong, I'm willing to be corrected, but that is my best memory. It's hard to keep track of all these things. Um, So many cases have been filed. If that's the case, it seems a horrible injustice because Anyone is allowed to cure their ballot, even in a situation like a mail-in. Here's people that, through no fault of their own, and, and let's be honest, very likely we're breaking about 55-45 or 60-40 Trump. They're clearly the difference in this election if those 65 were not allowed to cure. Um, but it, that seems unbelievable to me that a court would not try to let the voice of the of the voter be heard. Well, I, Mike, I have to, I, I I will need to read the decision, Michael. Um, my guess is, and it's only a guess, that if it was dismissed, it would have been dismissed on the merits for lack of want of evidence, mm. not so much dismissed because it was an unjust claim uh, okay. or a non-justiciable claim that there wasn't enough evidence of it. That would be my best guess based on, on my conversations with the attorneys at the time and the concerns they had. But I don't know. I'm speaking a little bit from a from a position of, of, of a faulty memory trying to keep it all straight, and I just don't remember. Well, I, I'll go take and a I look. Think you're kind of, I, I think you're kind of making our point on this one, though, uh, Seth, as well, because it's been shuffled to the back burner to such an extent, even though it's such a huge issue and it's not being reported. 
There's a gentleman on Twitter, and I'll say his, his handle if you're at all interested, um, but he read the manual for these uh, uh, Arizona voting machines, and he posted all these pictures from the manual that show that the rejected ballots are saved. An image of those ballots are saved to the voting machines. So if we really thought we wanted to petition or subpoena those images, it would seem like a judge would have to give us the ability to at least review those. Uh, I would think so if it's true. I just don't know if it is. I just don't know. I I don't know. Um, I know a lot of cases have been, excuse me, I know a lot of claims have been alleged that turned out not to be true. And some have been alleged that are still in court. I just don't know. I don't know. But what oh. I am asking people to do is to make sure their vote did count and uh, to, to, to go to BeBallotReady.vote um, to do that and make sure. And if it didn't, then contact the AZGOP. Um, I, 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 I am not able enough or skilled enough to know what turns out to be fairly complicated and abstruse series of election laws. I'm just not. But I remember talking to some lawyers who were involved, and I remember they thought this was their last best shot, um, and that I know one of the Trump attorneys uh, uh, did make the argument in court that this wasn't a case of fraud. It had to do with a case of of um of of miscounting and that that was dismissed so i don't know i don't know i i i'm incapable of making making any statement anyone can anyone can obviously allege something i want people to just make sure their vote counted that's the that's the most important thing i can tell you and if it didn't count then report it because beyond that i'm just not capable enough to know i'm not learned enough to know what these um what these uh, systems it, did or didn't do. You know, Seth, if it's true that the images are saved, I would love a very smart election attorney uh, to subpoena or to request uh, anyway that, that a subpoena be given so that we could see the images. Then at least we could tell the judge whether it was the small number that they presupposed. Well, if you listen to uh, Kelly uh, Ward in the last hour, it sounds like she's firing on all pins on these things. So if, if mm-hmm. any of that is available and these are justifiable or justi- justiciable claims, then, the, then, then I trust they will come out. And, yeah, and if I, something I like gets dismissed and it, and it has merit, it will be appealed. Yeah, and I like that you have Kelly on, and I like that she's a fighter. I, 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 I worry that we're running on. out of time, though. That's, that's my biggest worry, is that we're running out Absolutely. of time. And what I want right now, as the lawyers do their thing, I would like I, uh, someone at the White House to oversee and commission a study of what the problems were in each of the various states um, so that should this come up again, we know what to protect against. Well, I mean, what we, uh, that's the wrong way to put it. We know what to do prophylactically for the next election. That should be uh, – a commission should be – Right now, going through that, right now, what bothers me, I have to tell you, is that there seemed to be enough concern about this, not just earlier in the year, but in previous years, that we did not act prophylactically enough to deal with. There's really no excuse for it to happen ever again, ever again. And, you know, to try and hope we can get something out of this, you know, a few weeks before certification dates is a heavy lift. It's a really heavy lift. Um, 
I hope it's true. I hope we can make it. If we don't, I don't ever want to see this mistake happen again. I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. His state has the highest number as well as per capita deaths due to COVID. Andrew Cuomo's does, New York. And yet he has the arrogance to write a book about it called American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. He did such a good job that they're now not only closing schools in New York due to what they claim is a new outbreak, but as I look at uh, what John Hinderocker is posting, excuse me, Paul Mirangoff is posting, Andrew Cuomo has now decreed that private gatherings in New York State, including for Thanksgiving, not have more than 10 people. Cuomo said, quote, New York follows the science. We know indoor gatherings and parties are a major source of COVID spread. To slow the spread, New York State will limit indoor gatherings at private residences, private residences, to 10 people. Cuomo did not cite any science in support of the 10-person rule. Why 10? Anyone ever ask why 10? Why 10? Did Cuomo expect this decree to be enforced? Did he expect? Back to New York law enforcement officials, for example, to spend Thanksgiving knocking on doors and counting the number of people eating at the Thanksgiving table or using binoculars or other sources of surveillance to look into people's private homes. Fulton County Sheriff is among one of the New York sheriffs who pushed back. He said he will not enforce Cuomo's order. Quote, I don't think the Constitution allows for the infringement on the number of people in your own home. He has authority to do a lot, but not to tell law enforcement to get into someone's house and count who is there. My position as a sheriff is that I took the same oath as the governor, and I don't take issue with the governor's intent to do what is best under the circumstances. But as a constitutional officer, I have an obligation to the constituents in my county to follow the law. What I'm saying is it sends a chill into my community that law enforcement is going to knock on their door, count the number of people and arrest them. Other sheriffs took similar stances. Erie County Sheriff Timothy Howard declares, My office will respect the sanctity of your home and traditions, and I encourage you to follow your heart and act responsibly to do what's best for your family. Imagine that. A sheriff thinking that a family knows what's best for it rather than the governor. Saratoga County Sheriff Michael Zerlo said, I can't see how devoting our resources to counting cars and citizens' driveways or investigating how much turkey and dressing they purchased is for the public good. Andrew Cuomo had a tantrum over all this, saying, quote, I don't believe as a law enforcement officer you have a right to pick and choose what laws you will enforce. It's frankly frightening to me as an individual, frightening to democracy. It's arrogant and a violation of constitutional duty. What's more violative 
to an individual or to democracy or constitutional duty. Telling families how many people they can have in their home to celebrate a holiday, a national holiday, or sheriffs saying they're not going to enforce it. Competent leaders understand the limits of their power in a free country, one would have thought. Cuomo could reasonably have issued his decree as a form of guidance to citizens. Although given all of the deaths caused by the administration's policies on nursing homes, I wouldn't want to be guided by this governor. He could not reasonably have expected sheriffs to enforce this decree, certainly not on Thanksgiving. Cuomo's whining about selective enforcement rings fairly hollow given his party's selective approach to law enforcement. Immigration being a prime example, sanctuary cities, of course. And there's also the unwillingness of authorities to take on looters who are actual criminals who rampaged through Manhattan this summer. So much of the debate about the coronavirus and how to respond to it has been marred by the lack of humility more than anything else, I think. Early on, we were virtually clueless about these matters. Nine months into the pandemic, there's still a lot we don't know yet. From the beginning, officials and commentators of both sides have pretended otherwise, often claiming, as Cuomo does, to follow the science. Show me the science that 10 is safer than 11 or 9. Show me that. Show me that. We'll be right back. If you're uh, welcome back, if you're thinking of uh, selling your home right now, you want to call my friend James Wexler. I've had a lot of friends use him, and they all think very highly of him. The Phoenix Business Journal ranks James the number one selling individual agent in Arizona. He guarantees to sell your home at market value or pay you the difference. He can also make you an upfront guaranteed offer within 24 hours of you reaching out to him. Give James Wexler a call at 480-386-0711 or visit him online at jameswexler.com. That's jameswexler, W-E-X-L-E-R.com. Charles writes, Dear Seth, it is Thanksgiving Day. I wonder how many fam. well, it will be Thanksgiving Day. I wonder how many families may have 10 members that fill the New York limit. But every year they also invite a single person who is a friend and has no family. Wonder how many people have that 11th person. It's a good point, Charles. Really good point. Paul's in Peoria. Hi, Paul. Good evening, Seth. How are you? I'm well, sir. How are you? Good. I, I wanted to highlight what Dr. Howell said when he was talking about using the analogy of the Catholic Church having the Bible in Latin. And so they've got this those who are knowledgeable have the power. And so the elitist. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody, but the elitist Catholic Church had Latin, and so therefore they had the mar- they cornered the market on spiritual knowledge, quote unquote. And I think that's very, I think that's a good analogy with what's happening now. I I just didn't think it would be this deep, this sinister, to to hear what the Democrats are doing, but it is deep and it is sinister, and it is because I just didn't really understand the language that they were speaking. I didn't understand how they could program a voting machine and hijack perhaps millions of votes. And so I, I just wanted to highlight and tell Dr. Howell, thank you for that analogy. I think that's exactly accurate. 
Yeah, I um, I I think there's there's a bunch of things we used to take for granted, Paul. Phrases, um, basically phrases that were emblematic, symbolic of, and spoke to uh, deep wells of our government, our founding, our constitution, our country. And one of those phrases is self-government. And, you know, Madison, James Madison spoke in the Federalist Papers of self-government as the animator to every part of freedom, where we rest our political, every political experiment on the capacity of mankind for self-government. Now, a couple things come immediately to mind because on the one hand, we think about that great William Buckley line, I'd rather be governed by the first 2,000 names in the Boston phone directory than the first names in the Harvard faculty directory. Yeah, the directory, right. Right? That comes to mind. But then we also have this to wrestle with, and it's a struggle worth wrestling with, I think, which is why I'm always talking about education, is we look at the degraded state of our education system, and we see a lot of people, or we know of a lot of situations where, you know, we have to ask, (laughs) is this the kind of self-government that James Madison had in mind? Are these the kinds of selves worthy of being governed and governing in turn, in other words, right? When you churn out by the millions every year students who are fundamentally or graduates who are fundamentally uneducated, um, who are fundamentally unknowledgeable about constitutional precepts and teachings, um, what do we do? How do we how do we continue the experiment, the political experiment in self-government? This is why it runs really deep. So I bet if you went to any number of high schools in this state or in this country and wrote self-government on the chalkboard, people would, if they well, thought anything of it, they'd thought it meant anarchy. chalkboards anymore. They'd think, <laughs> yeah, whiteboard. They'd think it meant anarchy, right? That's what people right. would think it meant, that everyone can do whatever they want for themselves. Personal autonomy. But that then crashes into a wall, doesn't it, when those same people are the ones who want to argue for everyone else what we should do as a matter of public health. There's just a lot of ironies that have come to the fore here by our anti-constitutional teachings that we have suffered through for over a generation in our school system right now. And I think that's that, that's why that analogy of a Latin Bible is so apropos, that it is we have become uneducated and we have depended upon other people to feed us what what our perceived well, a what are our perceived needs. Well, you need you need free health care is a right. It's not a commodity at all. You have a right to health care, and outcomes should be equal, not not opportunity. But outcomes should be equal. So you feed this again and again and again. And that's why, you know, when the Bible became available in the common tongue, when Luther, uh, you know, he decided to rebel and and translate the Bible, right? Didn't he translate into German? And, man, was he in big trouble. I, I think that's a perfect analogy with what's going on. 
it anyway, is. I, I, I appreciate with, with Dr. Howell well, No, but with this exception, with this exception, it, the exception is that the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and really all our symbols of uh, democracy, all of them were always meant to, to be apprehended by everyone. Correct. Um, they were never meant to be um, part of a select, if you will, or part of an elect, to go on with the, your metaphor. And the elite. Right, right. Was, I'm, I'm going to read tonight uh, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. Yeah, please do. You know, because, yeah, I, Memorize I just think, it. You know, when he mentioned that, I, he said 300 words <laughs> well put together. I thought, well, all right, well, I didn't get that assignment directly from Seth, but Dr. Howe will be a good servant. Dr. So Howe will do it. It's not even 300. I'm already making it easier. It's only 272. You can do 272. We'll be right back. If you missed my monologue today, you can always get them at YouTube.com. Just type in 960 The Patriot in the search window there. Hit subscribe. It's all free. I'm um, captured in my own way, um, haunted, if you will, by something I was saying in the monologue, quoting my old professor about the Gettysburg Address, that in 1956, the Hungarian freedom fighters trying to withstand the Soviet tanks, they broadcast on free Hungarian radio a reading of the Gettysburg Address until the Soviets cut it off. And we thought that Lincoln's words, like Jefferson's, like all our founding documents' words, were more powerful than tyranny and despotism in the sense that they're still here. Heck, people in Hong Kong still shout them, though the Soviet Union is gone. That those words and those sentiments outlast tyranny and despotism. But then before we celebrate that notion too terribly much, think about whether your children's schools teach the Gettysburg Address anymore. And think about what's trying to be done at the University of Wisconsin where they're t efforting the taking down of a Lincoln statue and what was done in Oregon and other cities this year by the rioters in our summer of love. What the Soviets couldn't do ultimately to freedom, our own Americans are doing and continue to do to America. That's what haunts and that's what needs the great relearning and the great reteaching and the great correction. That is to say, if we think tyranny and despotism are still worth fighting. Until tomorrow, God bless you all and class dismissed.